What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 33 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Core, how are we doing today? Yeah, we're doing good. Just uh, first preseason game today. And uh, yeah, back on. Finish the uh, offensive side of the ball with QBs. Yeah, for sure. We kind of foreshadowed that we would do our QB draft. QB news has been uh, been very popular right now in the uh, offseason. We got guys Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers coming back. We got Carson Wentz going down with injury. Deshaun Watson trade talks. So you know what? What a perfect time to discuss that, get into our quarterback draft. And for that, brought on another guy who's been on the podcast before. Please welcome James Hackliff. Hackliff, how are we doing tonight? Very well, boys. Thanks for having me back. Always Always happy to be on the podcast, big fan of it, and I'm ready to talk quarterbacks, ready to talk about Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, anything you guys want to throw out there, I'm excited for it. Yeah, for sure, and let's get right into it then, don't waste any time. I think the big fish, I believe about last week, Rodgers, he stuck his foot down and he was like, you know what, I'm coming back to Green Bay, I'm going to play this year. He said he only wants to play for 2021 and then we'll reevaluate after. It doesn't look like he's going to want to stay in Green Bay past this one year, but I mean, for Packer fans, and honestly for football fans, I think it's good that out of the way, we don't have to go now into the late weeks of August wondering will Rodgers actually play. Um, I know Corey and I have talked about this before on the podcast. We weren't really too bought into this idea that Rodgers would end up somewhere. But within, like, I think on our last episode, too, we were getting a little more skeptical because, I mean, the clock was winding down a little bit. But overall, I think I'm happy to see Rodgers back in Green Bay. I think that's where he belongs, and maybe it's the last dance for him. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, definitely good to see Aaron Rodgers go back to the Packers in this situation. Team made the NFC Championship game last year. You don't want to see a team like that just, like, not be able to come back as strong because their QB left. And, yeah, last episode, I thought, like, I was getting a little concerned because this guy was just showing signs. He didn't want to be on the team. But I know um, it's good. He eventually came back. And, yeah, I think the Packers, definitely Super Bowl contenders. And, yeah, it might be. The last dance also. Yeah, I think this was a good move by Rodgers going back to the Packers, too, because you don't always know what kind of situation you're going to end up in if you do the request that trade or you do want to just leave a team. The Packers are a team that's going to probably have a chance to go to the Super Bowl or, or at least the NFC Championship again. They're a good team up and down. Defensively, they're pretty solid. And offensively, we know what we've seen from them. Aaron Rodgers is a former MVP, won it last year, former Super Bowl champ, and he's one of the best in the league. He's got a good situation. He just has to work on things with the management. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what the Packers can do with Rodgers. And I hope I hope he goes back next year, too. But we'll, we'll address that when the time comes. Yeah, for sure. I don't think we can get too greedy here. At least we're getting one more year of Aaron Rodgers, for sure. 2019, he showed, I'm not going to say signs of regression, but in a sense, he was playing a lot more conservative football. They were a lot more of a run-focused team. I know Aaron Jones had a big year. And then they draft Jordan Love, and then 2020 obviously explodes for 48 touchdowns, obviously wins the MVP of the league, uh, loses in the playoffs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you got to remember, they didn't have David Bakhtiari that game. Uh, definitely some questionable coaching decisions, I think you could say. Also, Kevin King uh, allowing that touchdown late in the first half did not help. So this year, I know, I can't, I know they added Randall Cobb. I can't think of any, like, other crazy ads they made. I know they got Amari Rodgers in the draft on the offensive side of the ball. On uh, the defensive side of the ball, I think they drafted Eric Stokes in the first round, I want to say, at corner. Yeah. Um, so he'll, he'll help out there. I know they lost Corey Lindsley, who was an all-pro center. That might hurt up front, but I think I think they were, like, the best offensive line, according to, like, uh, pro football focus last year. So it shouldn't be too, too big of a deal. But I think one person who maybe 
uh, gets slighted a little bit in this situation is Jordan Love, because now, at least for a second year, he's going to start on the bench. And normally when you draft these quarterbacks, you're thinking, all right, one year, like you don't love to waste their controllable years, uh, like their cheap years too, when he's sitting on the bench. I think in this situation, Love gets a little, uh, the short end of the stick, but maybe he's not ready. And I think the Packers and them being so desperate to bring Rodgers back, I don't think, obviously that speaks to how good Rodgers played, but I think it also kind of speaks maybe to that Jordan Love just isn't ready yet. And maybe like that wasn't like a good pick at all for them. Well, now obviously it doesn't look a good pick at all for them, but I wonder uh, when Jordan Love will get a chance. Yeah, I think um, the Packers wanted Aaron Rodgers back so bad just because, I mean, Hall of Fame player. But, yeah, I think at least it makes the Packers, like, give a little more notice to Jordan Love because they might thinking they might be thinking now, like, we don't have Aaron Rodgers, like, long term. Like, he might – if he doesn't win a Super Bowl here, he might be out. So, I think they got to, like, actually start to get Jordan Love ready. Maybe he's not ready for the field yet, but I think it – uh like the Packers are going to see him as a fr- as a future quarterback once Rodgers leaves. Yeah, I'm definitely not sold on Jordan Love, and I don't think anybody is just because we haven't seen him play like you guys have been saying. And you know what? Rodgers did come back last year and show, hey, I'm still top three quarterback in football. I still can get it done. I just need the right decision makers around me. I need the right players around me. And I think I think he's got that to this point. He just needs He just needs to have more of a say, it kind of seems like. And with Jordan Love again, I don't I've never been sold on the guy. I've never really thought he was a great uh, quarterback or even a great pick for sure. Just having Aaron Rodgers, he can't really slight the guy. He kind of got to just go and see what he's going to do and when he wants to end it. But uh, I think for sure now it's not looking like a great pick. And I really I'm not confident in what Jordan Love's going to show us in the future. Yeah, Jordan Love, a raw prospect coming out of Utah State. Uh, definitely needed some fine tuning. Maybe he got it. But again, I think it's interesting that. Green Bay could have just traded Jordan Love in the offseason. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't have gotten as much value le- back for him, but then it would have almost signaled to Rodgers, like, all right, we are all in on you for at least two seasons, let's say. So I think maybe that's a little questionable, but I guess we'll turn pivot more onto the Green Bay as a whole. Just putting you on the spot, I'll go, I guess we'll go to f- here with to Hat first, excuse me. Uh, do you think now Green Bay is the favorites in the NFC, or do you think that like Tampa Bay coming back and really returning, essentially everybody still is the number one, is the team to beat in the NFC? Yeah, I'm still I'm still thinking it's Tampa Bay just because you got Tom Brady still. You're really you didn't they didn't lose anybody. They still got the same players, same coaches, same everything. And that situation in Green Bay is still a little dicey. It's still hectic. We don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers seems to be getting what he wants, but they still clearly were not the better team in that NFC championship game. Um, And I think anytime you have Tom Brady, it's just going to be. That team, especially coming off a of Super Bowl, you can't really knock them. They they still got to be the favorite. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bucks until they lose, they're the team to beat. In that NFC, like, yeah, they won the Super Bowl. So I think even getting Rodgers back, um, Tampa is still the favorite to, to win the NFC. But I, I, I think the Packers are, like, right there with them. I just can't put them ahead of them because the Bucks beat them last time. But, yeah, I think the Packers are, are right there with them. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that. I think Tampa Bay still won over Green Bay. And I think, honestly, uh, the Rams are right, like kind of neck and neck with Green Bay, if you ask me what they did over the offseason. Uh, I think losing Cam Akers hurts them a little bit, but I definitely think that puts rounds them out in the top three. And then I don't want to say maybe a decent gap, but like, off, like I know New Orleans obviously loses a bunch of guys. Obviously, they lose Drew Brees and uh, more guys to free agency. 
I guess San Francisco, you're hoping on them to bounce back this year. Seattle, who knows with them? So they're in a tough division. So, yeah, I think those three kind of round up the, uh, the top three in the NFC. And I think that uh, Green Bay, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers, is still right in the thick of things. Uh, let's move on to the AFC South and specifically the Indianapolis Colts in that division. Obviously, they made the big trade over the offseason to bring in Carson Wentz for a third-round pick and a conditional first-round pick that only um, it requires Carson Wentz to play. And Carson Wentz just underwent surgery, I believe, on his foot. They, the timeline is 5 to 12 weeks. Uh, this is just another string of bad luck for Wentz. He obviously tore his ACL when he was having that MVP year in 2017, had back injuries in 2018, had the concussion in 2019 in the playoffs. Last year, he missed some games, and then he got benched. I don't really know if that was, like, a real injury or if, like, they just wanted to transition better to Jalen Hurts and it be more accepted. But, uh, yeah, Corey, I guess we'll start with you first. I mean, what, what what's your reaction to this? Like, where does this put the Colts, and, like, where does this put Wentz? Yeah, I mean, I think Wentz is – it's just a tough break for him. I just think uh, – I mean, it's not you can't fault you can't fault the Colts here. I think um, the Colts. I would still say they're a decent team just because how good their defense is. They got a good offensive line. They just lost Quinn and Nelson also, but I I just think with how hard their schedule is to start the season in their first five games and none of their quarterbacks having any experience in the NFL. I think they got to go out, maybe get like some type of veteran type guy who could step in there, maybe like weather the storm because I think right now like. That hard of a schedule to start the season. Someone who has never started a game in the NFL, late round picks might be might be kind of tough for them. Yeah, I was also I was hoping to see what Wentz was going to be able to do on a new team, a better team, a team that's pretty solid. They've shown that they can make the playoffs. They got some good guys who've just really proven themselves. And I was kind of hoping to see Wentz go out there and say, "Hey, I'm still a good quarterback," but we're just not going to get that result. Um, and yeah, I agree with Corey 100% too. I want to see them go out and try to sign like a veteran QB someone who can try to get them over the hump for at least those first few games maybe keep them in the race if Wentz can come back maybe depending on how they play with that situation but it's just it's a bad break for Wentz I mean I wasn't completely sold he was going to be able to come back and do what he did in that MVP caliber season but at this point it's kind of it's looking tough for him he needs to come back and he needs to be healthy next year or it's going to be over for the guy. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to – this is kind of a make or break year with Wentz going back to Frank Reich and go, walking into Indianapolis, who probably has one of the best rosters outside of the quarterback position in the league. So it's really a perfect situation for him. Like, if he can't succeed here, he's probably not going to succeed anywhere. He's ultra-talented. Obviously, we've seen him carry teams before. Even I remember in 2019, the Eagles down the stretch to four straight wins into the playoffs. So, yeah, definitely just another tough break for him in his career. Uh, so it seems like you guys even think, too, we might miss a couple of games because you're talking about bringing in a replacement. Uh, I think I, I think he will, too, because I just think the timeline is pretty strange. Five to 12 weeks is a wide gap. I feel like there's a lot that could go wrong potentially in that thing. So you mentioned a couple inexperienced guys that they have on the roster already. They have Jacob Eason, who's a former fourth round pick out of Washington, a former Georgia quarterback as well. But he transferred to Washington. Sam Ellinger, I believe, he won the sixth round this past year, obviously out of Texas, a guy who uh, never really could bring Texas to the next level in college. I know they won that big bowl game against Georgia, I believe it was. Uh, I think they have Brett Hundley, too, under contract, I want to say. But, I mean, he's just been like a career journeyman ever since he got drafted out of UCLA. Uh, I heard a big name, like the biggest name, I guess, that's been rumored around there, Nick Foles. Uh, 
before I hand it off to Hab, I'll kind of input my take on Nick Foles. I think this would not be a good get. I know he has familiarity in Frank Reich's system, but I mean, you're just asking to ruin Carson Wentz, I think, again, if you bring in Nick Foles. So it comes down if if the Colts want to hurt Carson, like if they want to, if they think Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback, I would not bring in Nick Foles. But if they want to make the playoffs this year and they're, they're putting like their team success first over Wentz, then honestly, I think Nick Foles would be a good get right now. You plug him into the system. Hopefully he wins you a couple games in the beginning of the year against these playoff caliber teams. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious who, who, or if not Foles, who else do you think the uh, Colts could potentially go out and get? Um, there's definitely a couple names out there right now. I think trading for someone's a good idea. But, you know, there's always a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick who you can go out there and try to get you over the hump. He did a great things with Miami last year. He kept them in a decent race, won them a few games. And I'm not really too sure. You never know. Jacoby Brissett, trade back for the guy, bring him back to the system. He knows what he's doing. But it's really it's really tough to to look at it and just just pinpoint a certain guy that they're going to be able to bring back. I just hope they can get a decent name who can kind of maybe help them out a little bit for a few weeks. And then ho- I don't want to do Wentz room, though, like you were saying, too. You bring in Nick Foles, the guy's, the guy's getting ruined again. He can't, I don't think he can play behind Nick Foles and just let that work out for him. I think you get a name that maybe can win you a few games and then go from there and see if Wentz can come back and be healthy for a little bit. Yeah, personally, I think Foles would be, like, a good enough quarterback to, like, keep him competitive. But, like, yeah, what happened in Philly, like, you just don't want to bring back uh, Nick Foles and ruin Carson Wentz again. But a name who I honestly like, he's still pretty young. He's only 25, but I think Gardner Minshew, I'm not saying the Jaguars would trade him to the Colts, but, I mean, they already have Trevor Lawrence. I know he doesn't really want to be a backup in Jacksonville. He gets traded to – Indianapolis maybe gets three, four weeks of being a starter, and then he's able to leave uh, after the season and maybe start for a team. I think he, he could be a possibility. Yeah, I like that. I think Minshew would actually be a real good fit in Indianapolis, and I think like the gap between Wentz and Minshew is big enough that like when Wentz came back, it would almost be like, all right, it is still Wentz's team. Uh, a couple other names, I guess, had kind of did bring up like Fitzpatrick. So like maybe looking on that thing of kind of how – people losing quarterback battles. So maybe Taylor Heineke comes into Washington like camp this week, this year, you know what I mean? And they'd start riding with him. So then Fitzpatrick's regulated to a backup role. Not too sure if that happens, but if it does definitely get on the phone with Fitzpatrick guys, like uh, whoever loses the Denver competition, maybe between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, I'd go get that other guy. Even I think a bigger name. And I think the one that again would cause more conflict with Wentz is if Trey Lance takes over in San Francisco, possibly Jimmy Garoppolo. He might also cost a lot more. I don't think necessarily that's, that's like too bigger of a name. If you ask me, that's going to cost too much if you ask me, but I think that would probably be like the best quarterback replacement that they could get. But who knows? it will be interesting to see how this plays out. But talking about another AFC South quarterback who could be on the move, uh, Deshaun Watson and all the allegations that's been around him, even with that teams are still interested in him. They're calling the Houston Texans. And just today we're recording this on Thursday night. The Philadelphia Eagles have had extensive talks apparently with, the Houston Texans core. I'll start with you first here. The whole thing about like Carson Wentz and how they ruined Wentz basically by bringing in Jalen Hurts. Like, did they just not learn from their lesson? Like now they basically, listen, I know Deshaun Watson's such an elite talent at quarterback, but they haven't really given Hurts a chance. Like, I feel like now they're just like, like they put your confidence behind your own guy. Like by reaching out for Watson, I don't know. It just doesn't, 
it, it seems like they're trying to ruin Hurts in a way. Not yet. I think of it like a little bit differently. I just think like Jalen Hurts, like they really haven't shown him much confidence. Like it seems like they don't think he's his guy. But like I think if you could get a guy, I know like he's got like allegations right now, but if like he's innocent, I don't know, he's probably not going to be. But like if he's innocent and you could get a guy like Deshaun Watson, like I think it's worth like if you're going to like that's not really ruining Jalen Hurts, like send Jalen Hurts to Houston and let him let him do his thing there. But like if you can get a guy like Deshaun Watson who who's going to play on the field, I think you like have to make that move. But with the things going on right now, I think it doesn't show a great sign to Jalen Hurts because he like knows what's going on with Watson. He still like sees the Eagles are trying to make a trade. Like I don't know, it can go both ways. I I really just don't think you go for a guy like uh, Deshaun Watson right here. It's just too much risk, and you got a young quarterback who really he he played a few games last year and he had some good stretches. And you can't really just trade your guy right away for a risk with Deshaun Watson. We don't even know if he's ever going to play a snap again. To be honest, I I think Jalen Hurts is a solid player. I think he can go out there and try to prove himself at least. And I think he needs to get a little bit uh, set in that system. So, I mean, he's a, he was a rookie quarterback last year. You can't – I don't think you can look at him and knock the guy and just be like, he he's not our guy, you know. I think he's still got a good chance to, to prove The best thing that they can do here is just ride with their guy and sit out of this Deshaun nonsense because I really just – I don't even think he's going to beat whatever case he has right now. And – risk to move on from Hertz at the moment and go for Watson. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think that, like I said, I think right now with the situation of Watson, I think it's just a little too risky, but who knows if we get more clarity on it and it looks good and trending in the right direction that Deshaun Watson may get on the football field again, then yes, I think you go get Watson in that sense. And who cares if you ruin Jalen Hurts because Watson is that good of a talent. He's so proven. He's one of the top five Top three, honestly, you could argue most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. He could put a football team on his back and go win them uh, a football game. But at the end of the day, too, Watson was 4-12 and last year with that Texans roster. I know they absolutely sucked. So if Watson's not on the field this year for Houston, I can't even imagine how bad they will be. Houston has said that they're going to try to keep him and they're going to try to talk him into staying there, which I think is the right move again. Obviously, I think this trade is going to be very difficult to happen because of, one, the circumstances around him, and two, just the package that it would cost to get a guy like Deshaun Watson and move him at the stage of his career would just be like almost insurmountable. So, and I definitely something to keep your eye on, but I think more importantly, focus on Watson and his name and what's happening with his off the field issues. And if that stuff gets cleared up, then I think we can go, all right, now let's start talking Watson trading because you can't give up three, four future first rounders for a guy who you're uncertain of when he'll even be on the field because there just hasn't been a lot of clarity with the situation yet. But that leads us in to our quarterback draft. And we've kind of done ones already for wide receiver, tight end and running back. And again, I just want to make this clear. This is not fantasy rankings. This is if we were building a team in 2021, uh, we're an expansion team. I guess we could take any quarterback. Who are we picking? Uh, Corey got the first overall pick. I have the second. Hacklev has the third. I also want to note uh, for this thing, for this uh, draft, I guess we'll say Deshaun Watson. We have removed him from the draft pool. He is not able to be drafted. So with that, Corey, you can kick it off. And uh, who's your first pick? Is this this is your third straight first overall pick, or have you had a first? Have you had the first in every draft? I think I've had the first in every draft. So I guess fourth straight uh, first overall pick. And yeah, I think I it's kind of a layup. I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes. 
on the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, his like stats and what he does for that team says it all. I mean, three starting seasons, he's been to the Super Bowl twice, and he's a D Ford offsides penalty away from being in the final. I'm gonna say final Super Bowl. His uh, first three years in the league. So I mean, 50 touchdowns. His um his rookie his like first starting season had 38 last year. He's just like so good that I mean, it's just starting to get like bored of the guy at that point. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes will take number one overall. Yeah, I mean, there's not too much to say about Patrick Mahomes. This game speaks for himself. Obviously, the Super Bowl this past season was a sour note, but you can't put that game on him. He's running for his life. What he can do on the move, though, uh, is the best arm in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot to talk about. Not a lot of flaws in his game. Obviously, it helps that he plays with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, but he elevates their game just as much as they elevate his. So, undoubtedly, a number one pick. And you kind of you kind of mentioned maybe we are getting like it's almost like there's a sense of fatigue that this guy Mahomes is so good and so spectacular that it's almost like we just can't enjoy it because it's like we see it so much and stuff like that. We don't appreciate how crazy of a talent he is. So yeah, definitely the number one pick, runaway favorite. Yeah, I I think I mean obviously he's the number one pick in this draft the, for the quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, he's the best player in football, best player in the league. He might go down as all time. I think he's just got too many good guys around him. He's going to keep showing what he can do. He's going to keep throwing touchdowns, ridiculous things like that. And I've always been a fan of the guy since he came right in. I just think there's nothing you could dislike about the guy. He's a stud. He's an absolute beast. He's going to go out there and perform with Kelsey and and uh, all his guys, Tyreek Hill again. And I think, honestly, they're my pick to win the Super Bowl just because last year they came up a little short. And I think they're going to go out there and bounce back again with Mahomes leading the way. Yeah, maybe the Super Bowl lit another fire under him. I don't want to say it kind of seemed like they were going through last se- regular season with like without a sense of urgency in a way, but I mean they were fourteen and one. They had that tough loss against the Raiders, and almost just seemed like they were never in like hyperdrive. I guess you want to say. Uh, so yeah, I think that the Super Bowl loss is going to light a fire under him, and I think he's going to come out guns blazing and really prove the world again why he's the best quarterback in the league, undoubtedly. But moving on to the second pick, I have that. I think this is also kind of a no-brainer. I'm going to go with the reigning MVP, the guy who's returned to training camp. We're picking for 2021, and Aaron Rodgers is going to give you a great 2021 season. Obviously, last year threw for almost 4,300 yards, 48 touchdowns to only five interceptions. Uh, like you said, every week it's like he's throwing for three touchdowns, no problem. Devontae Adams, he, I'm not going to say Devontae Adams isn't a great receiver, but he turned him into an, the best in the league last year. Uh, yeah, made the Pro Bowl the last two seasons. Obviously, Rodgers, uh, two-time MVP, has won a Super Bowl against the – Steelers now that's almost 10 years ago so who knows if this is his last year but you know I mean there's another guy who's going to come into this year with a huge chip on his shoulder and some uh, revenge that he's looking to cook up so yeah definitely going with Rodgers here at number two yeah I think that was a layup pick too I mean Aaron Rodgers he's he's a stud too he's the reigning MVP he's got a fire under him right now I think I think he wants to go out there and prove that he is worth what he's been fighting for with more say in the organization I think he's going to go out there. He's got some guys back. He's got, uh, who was it, Randall Cobb coming back, someone he really wanted to bring back. Still got Devontae Jones. He's got a stacked, an absolute stacked uh, offensive core. And I think he's going to go out there and just prove he's still a top three quarterback. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Aaron Rodgers at uh, pick number two, definitely the clear-cut pick. And, yeah, I mean, for a guy who – wouldn't even 
uh, commit to this to the Packers for, for a few months, a few weeks. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, he's got he's got some fire under him, and I think he's gonna come out this year. Not saying he's gonna have as good of a year as MVP year, but last year. But I think he'll still have a. Uh, I'll say forty plus touchdowns. I think he'll have um, another big season, and uh, make the the Packers a title contender. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think it's pretty. I think it's a little unrealistic to ask him to replicate what he did in 2020, but I think he's going to have another huge season. Uh, brings it to Hat, and we're doing a snake draft, so Hat will have picks three and four, and I think the draft opens up a little bit here. So, Hat, you can take away your next two picks. Yeah, I definitely think it opens up a little here, and I'm going to go with the reigning Super Bowl MVP, reigning Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. Just has proved himself as the best player of all time. Last year, left no going to a different team. Top three in the league in passing yards. Top three in the league in passing touchdowns. He's another guy with a lot of weapons. Godwin, Fournette, Evans. Just He's got his boy Gronk back there. Just a stacked offensive team. Tristan Wirsch uh, showed that he's a top player in the league, too. Top left tackle. He proved definitely he was one of the best uh, left tackles in football and one of the best players in the in that draft last year. Um, I think he's going to go out there and do the same thing he did last year. I mean, he's an old guy, and it doesn't really seem like he's getting any older. I think they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady is a stud, and I think he's still a top-three quarterback in football, and he's going to go out and prove it again this year. Yeah, the guy just turned 44 years old, and it's just unbelievable. He never quits. Seven-time Super Bowl winner, five-time Super Bowl MVP. And, yeah, the guy just wins you football games, and he's performing at such a high level. Obviously, he has such a good supporting cast, but at the end of it, sometimes it's just like you can't, like, keep pointing to other people. It's Tom Brady. He walks. He walked into Tampa Bay, a team that was, I believe, 7-9 and nine in 2019 and created a winning culture there. And just your, your teams win with Tom Brady, and it's not a coincidence. He's that good of a leader, that good in the locker room. So, yeah, you're building a team. You want your team to win. Tom Brady, definitely on that short list of quarterbacks you'd want. The gra- I'll say the greatest quarterback of all time for sure. Yeah, I think Brady, even at age 44 now, I mean, he proved last year. Any team he goes to, they just win. And he had 40 touchdowns and, and led his team through the playoffs on uh, on all road games. So, yeah, I think Brady comes back. I don't see why he doesn't have a good season because, I mean, when, when does he not have a good season? So, yeah, I think Brady comes back, has another good season, and proves he's still a, a top five QB. All right, Hat, that brings you to pick number four. You got it again. Who are you going with? This might be a little bit of a reach, but I don't think so. I'm going to be going with my boy Russell Wilson from Seattle. I'm not too confident how Seattle's going to be next year, but I'm confident Russell Wilson still can throw for 3,200 for 35-plus touchdowns. He takes care of the ball. He does everything you need out of a quarterback. He's a safe player. He's a smart player. And he's I mean, you still can't Metcalf on that team. Um, and I think he's going to go out there and maybe prove some doubters wrong after a tough season last year. He's going to go out and, and flash what he's got. He earned that big contract that he got last year. Uh, I still think he's a stud. He's still one of my favorite players personally. And I'm a big fan of Seattle. They, they got a tough division that they're going against this year, though. But I think I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're the team to beat just because you got to go through so many teams. But. The Seahawks, I still think, can make a playoff push on just because of Russell Wilson and how great he 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could argue that Seattle has the worst roster in that league, but they have the best quarterback in that. I mean, in the division, but they have the best quarterback in the division. And at the end of the day, sometimes Russell Wilson can elevate his team. I think he tailed off a little bit at the end of the year last year, which is kind of a shame because his first seven weeks, he was so good. I think a turning point was maybe that game against Buffalo. But yeah, it's a shame that this guy, Russell Wilson, has never got an MVP vote. That's just absolutely disgusting. The slander is real on that. Uh, let Russ cook. Uh, is real. I think I'll have another big 2021 season. And again, I, I don't think this is a reach at all. I think this is definitely a great pick from you. Now, yeah, I think Russell Wilson is definitely still uh, a top five QB in the league. And yeah, the way he starts the season all the time, I mean, he, he's basically like top three QB. Like he's just so good at the beginning of the season. And yeah, sometimes um, it gets a little inconsistent towards the uh, middle to the end of the year. But I mean, this guy is a Super Bowl champ. And still uh, puts up some big time numbers and gets the team in the playoffs. So yeah, I think Russell Wilson at four is uh, is in a reach at all. Yeah, I don't think Russell Wilson has ever had a losing season in Seattle as well. I think they were like eight and eight one year, but he's never had a losing record. So again, a testament to his character, his leadership ability, and more importantly, his talent on the field. Brings me to pick number five, and again, I think uh, I like how the draft board played out here. I'll take a guy from the 2018 draft class. He was the number seven overall pick to the Buffalo Bills. He couldn't have landed in a better spot. I'll take Josh Allen here. Uh, the big thing on Josh Allen, the knock coming into his career was uh, coming into the NFL, excuse me, was his college career. It was a lot of incompletions. His completion percentage wasn't too high. Even his first two years, that was the same thing. He was under 60% both years. Guy had a big arm. He could run, but can he put it together? And I mean, last year they bring in Stephon Diggs and he has unbelievable season kind of gets got overshadowed if you ask me about how good Rodgers was last year but a guy who had I believe it was like 37 37 throwing touchdowns added another 10 on the or added another eight on the ground excuse me threw for 4,500 yards um just a huge leap from year two to year three and another guy again who can do it with his legs he can bring up an offense he can put an offense on his shoulders Buffalo had no run game last year and he brought them into the AFC championship game uh, and I definitely think Allen is around for years to come because, again, he's just such a – he's immensely talented. The last thing that he kind of had to put together was can you be consistent? Can you throw the ball on target? And he did. And, I I mean, like I said, I think if he could take another kind of step forward in this year and just like kind of solidified everybody that last year was no fluke, like I'm here to stay, that would be very beneficial to him. But, yeah, I think Allen is definitely like on the rise. And I think it's a guy who definitely uh, opened some eyes last year. Not yet. I definitely think Josh Allen here at uh, pick five, definitely the right pick to uh, round out the top five. I mean, this year in his um, third season in the league, I mean, he just put Buffalo on his back, kind of, and uh, gave him a 13-3 record, made it to the AFC Championship game. I mean, the guy could just do it all. He has a cannon for an arm. He, he could run. He's not afraid of big hits. So I think, yeah, I think Allen at number five here is uh, a really good pick. Yeah, I agree complete with Cor- completely with Corey, too. I think that's the best pick to make in this situation. Josh Allen, he's he played amazing last year, and you saw what he could do with just uh, adding a guy like Stefan Diggs to the team. He came out there and, and was an MVP caliber, caliber player on the Bills, leading them to a great record on that AFC championship. And now this year you add a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, who's a great veteran, who has great veteran experience. And just another playmaker you can have for this guy. I think he's going to go out there and, and perform even better than last year. For sure. Pressure is going to be high, though, on him for what he did last year. Obviously, got some expectations. Hopefully, he can live up to them. Core, you have picks number six and seven. Take them away. Yeah, I mean, I'm between, I have um, two picks here. I'm between three guys, but Payo 
I know you're going to get your guy. You know I'm not, I'm not going to take this guy. But, yeah, at number six, actually, I don't know if this is a reach. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson from uh, the Baltimore Ravens. You might – I mean, I just think Lamar, his – he like, I loved Lamar in college at Louisville. And then his, uh, his like, first year starting, like a full year starting, he, he won the MVP. And I think, um, yeah, people saw Lamar do good. and He kind of got hated on a little bit. But, yeah, I think Lamar just, like – He's just so good as a quarterback. I don't even care if he's more of a runner. That's just like still a part of the game. I mean, his ability to run and he can make timely throws when it's needed. I think, uh, yeah, I think Lamar gets a little hate sometimes, but I, I'll take him uh, number six overall. Yeah, listen, you mentioned his MVP year. I mean, the guy had 36 touchdowns in the air, another seven in the ground, ran for 1,200 yards that year, his MVP year. Also ran for another 1,000 yards his past year, and he missed the game, that game against the Steelers. He had covid but, yeah, I think the biggest thing with Lamar is his play style kind of gets slandered a little bit. But at the end of the day, again, the guy wins football games. And sometimes that's one of the biggest measures of a quarterback, if you ask me. And, obviously, he's immensely talented. I think he got the monkey off his back a little bit in the sense of can he win a playoff game, how he comes back in that game against Tennessee and beats them. Uh, obviously, he wasn't able to beat Buffalo. I think that's okay. I think, again, let's take another step this year, hopefully. Uh, maybe you can take another step like throwing the football. But, yeah, also, like, Baltimore's offense isn't just, like, designed to air it out. I mean, they play a lot of tight ends. They don't really have any receivers on the outside who can win one-on-one. So, yes, it's like you could be like, all right, maybe they're not playing a little more strengths. But, like, again, if it's working and he's running the ball and you're going to win 12 games, you're not just going to go change that up. So, I don't think you could completely put that all on Lamar Jackson. Like, he's not asked to play like Mahomes. So, that's not really on him. Could he do it? Probably not. But – uh, that's just playing your strength and stuff like that. So I think that slander is a little unnecessary there. But again, I think Jackson's a phenomenal talent at the quarterback position, definitely worthy of this pick. Yeah, I definitely think Lamar Jackson was the right pick here at number six. I don't think he cracks that top five just based on how talented the QB position is right now. But the guy's the best running quarterback of all time, and he's only done it in his first few years. I think he needs to develop a little bit more with the throwing, but you're right, pal. They really don't throw the ball as much as maybe he would like. They're heavy run, heavy tight end, and they're using their strengths that they have. And they're going to go out there and they're going to win games. They're going to be a great team. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, I just, I, I kind of want to see if he can step up and maybe make it to that AFC championship. Maybe shock some people. Maybe even make a Super Bowl. Um, I'm still rooting for my boy Mahomes, and I'm a big fan of Allen, so I don't really want to see that happen. But definitely very talented. He's the most athletic quarterback there is out there. So. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Yeah, for sure. This is a big year in a sense of can he take that next step then in the playoffs like he just did this past year. And remember, Lamar's only 24 years old, kind of came into the league a little younger. So, I mean, plenty of room for him to grow. Corey, it brings you to pick number seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with a guy you guys probably don't like in the same division as uh, the team you like. I'm going I'm going to go Dak Prescott. At number seven, I just think Dak, um, I think he's going to come back good off this um this injury it was a really devastating injury but before that and the year before that I just think Prescott I know the team didn't make the playoffs here but before that but I just think since he's become a starter in Dallas I know uh Dallas doesn't really uh hasn't really gone far in the playoffs but I just think Prescott has proven he's a leader for that team he's um I mean the guy throws for a ton of yards and he could um make some really good passes and he could run when needed so yeah, I just think Dak, Dak Prescott brings a lot to the table. So, yeah, I'll go with him uh, with the seventh pick. 
Yeah, listen, going into last season, I was not a huge fan of Dak Prescott. I thought he got too much attention in the media. I thought it was just like kind of a product of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Obviously, that's a perfect position to like market yourself and obviously be a big focus on. But like seeing how the Cowboys are self-destructed without him, it really made me appreciate him more. And honestly, even his first five games, how amazing it was he was he had like 1,800 yards in those first four and a half games. And I mean, he was way on pace to lead the league in uh, passing yards, not even close. But yeah, he just he's, he's just like a blue collar quarterback, too, in the sense of like he is not afraid to take a hit. I remember that game. Uh, this is a couple years ago that they played like Seattle. He's like flipping into the end zone. He's not afraid to put his shoulder down, put his body on the line. And I mean, I, it, it shows like and I appreciate that type of style. Maybe not the most like gifted quarterback, but I mean, the guy can throw the football. Yes, he's had some talent around him in his career, but it, at like some point, I mean, like I said, just I know they were banged up at other positions too last year, but just look what happened to guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup when he went out. Like they just they were like non-existent almost down the second half of that season. So yeah, Dak. Um, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of you, but I've definitely, definitely gained a lot more of appreciation. He's definitely kind of opened my eyes. This, like really this past year. And uh, I don't think this is a reach. I think it's a good pick for sure. Yeah. I'm excited to see how Dak comes back off that injury too. We can't forget that this guy threw for almost 5,000 yards two years ago. He's still a good player and he's still proven that he can win football games for a Cowboys team who isn't really used to winning games in the past few years. And in a long time he came in there, he went 13 and three with them coming in as a rookie who was drafted pretty late. And then he then he had a great season for 4,900. Um, I'm definitely he's a great guy. He's definitely a class act. Can't really say I'm rooting for him just because he's a cowboy. But I think he's going to come out here and, and do his job, get things done the way that he's proven before. I don't think this injury is going to affect him, really. Yeah, for sure. I hope that I'm rooting for Dak Prescott in 15 of the 17 weeks, not to win the game, but to play a real good game. Uh, and then those other two weeks against the Giants, he could um, he could throw for 100 yards. That's perfectly fine. Uh, moving on to the eighth pick, I'll go to a guy who I've always been very, very high on. 2019, he was a little bit injured. 2020, he comes back. This guy's an absolute warrior. One of the most underappreciated quarterbacks, I think, of our lifetime. I'll go with Matthew Stafford, a guy who has not won a playoff game yet. Only been to the playoffs once. Threw for over 4,000 yards last year without Kenny Galladay. Uh, and yeah, obviously, we know now he's in. Los Angeles with Sean McVay. You couldn't ask for a better coach, if you ask me, for Stafford. He's mobile enough where he can throw on the run, and he has an absolute cannon for an arm, one of the best arms in the league. Uh, he's kind of, if you ask me, been overshadowed in Detroit. Like I said, he's gotten beat up there, but it doesn't matter. He stays in games, one of the toughest quarterbacks there. I mean, he, like, broke his collarbone and then threw a game-winning touchdown after that. Goes Just goes to show you what type of competitor he is. Uh, been in the league a while now, drafted in 2009, but I think finally Stafford is going to get, like, that media attention he deserves and uh I'm, i cannot wait to see what stafford can do this year yeah i have always been a big fan of matt stafford and i think this is the perfect pick in this situation for you pal the guy's gonna come out here he's gonna show that he's still a warrior and he's actually gonna get some recognition for once in his career finally being out of detroit i think the rams have a great roster and i think he's still super talented i think he's still a stud and I think, honestly, he's going to be – he's a sneaky player to maybe catch some MVP votes at the end of the season, depending how the Rams actually uh, – how their season plays out. And I'm definitely rooting for Matt Stafford to have a great year. I've always been a fan of the guy. And I think he's going to go out there, throw for a lot of yards, throw for a lot of touchdowns, just like he's always been doing. And he finally has the weapons and the team around him to maybe make that playoff push. Yeah, I've always thought of uh, Matthew Stafford as just like a talented QB, like very accurate. Has um has a really strong arm. First pick out of Georgia. 
yeah, I've always been a fan of his talent, and now him going to uh, to the Rams under a Sean McVay offense and uh, some solid weapons. I think Cam Akers going down will um, make Stafford have to pick up a little more of the load, which I think will help him in this scenario because he's got the weapons and a, and a good coach. So, yeah, I think Stafford here is, uh, is a good pick, and I think he's a top-ten quarterback right now. Yeah, for sure. I think this is going to be his best chance finally to take that next step into the elite quarterback territory with everything around him. He's going to win a whole bunch of games. I don't necessarily, I love like the idea of maybe Stafford for MVP. Obviously, I'm high on it. I'm a little nervous that their defense is going to be like too good in a sense, so it's going to hold him back from having like 350, 400-yard games throwing. But who knows? When Cam Akers out, he's going to have to uh, shoulder more of the load on offense. But, Pat, this brings you to two back-to-back picks. Where are you going with them? Yeah, this is definitely where it gets a little tough, I think. You guys kind of took the guys that I was eyeing out, hoping that at least one of them slipped down. But I'm going to go with my boy Matty Ice out of Atlanta, Matt Ryan. I still think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's at least a top 10 talent at quarterback. He can still throw the ball really well, and he's got a new head coach coming in. It could work out well for him. And you're bringing in a guy like Kyle Pitts. Like I feel like anybody could throw this guy. You just put him in one-on-one coverage, and he's, he's making a play half the time. And uh, I've always loved Matt Ryan, always been a big fan of the guy. I've always been rooting for him. I think he's got a little bit too much unnecessary slander recently just because his team's been bad. His coach really wasn't able to figure it out. And I think hopefully this year he bounces back. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I think he, he can go to a bunch of teams and they would make the playoff just because he's still so talented. Yeah, for sure. Stafford, a guy, uh, Stafford, excuse me, Matt Ryan, a guy who put up uh, over 4,400 yards these past two years, didn't really get any help from his defense uh, in either of the seasons, loses Julio Jones, but like you said, brings in Kyle Pitts, who will be a mismatch nightmare. And the biggest thing is, like you said, Arthur Smith coming in from Tennessee revitalized Ryan Tannehill's career. And I think Matt Ryan at this stage was better than Ryan Tannehill when he gets there. So I think uh, he can take Ryan's game again to the next level. Uh, you mentioned that maybe Ryan could potentially be on the move after this year. I know his contract was kind of like untradeable this se- this past offseason, but maybe it opens up. Uh, maybe if they don't do great Atlanta this season, I'd like to see him in another place, maybe give him a chance to finally get back to the Super Bowl and avenge that Super Bowl 51 loss. But yeah, I like I like Matt Ryan, and I agree with you. I think he gets a little too unnecessary hate. Maybe like he kind of struggled. Like, I feel like he'll have like two bad games a year, and people kind of like focus on those sometimes. But yeah, a guy who just, again, puts up big numbers, it seems like, almost every season. Yeah, I mean, Matty, uh, I mean, um, Matt Ryan in this situation, uh, honestly, wasn't the pick I was thinking, but definitely qualifies for a spot here. I know, um, like you guys said, he's definitely received some type of slander that uh, I don't think has been deserved. I mean, he's, he won the MVP in 2016. He still puts up big time numbers on um, some Falcons teams that lose a lot of tough games, and I don't think it's on Matt Ryan necessarily. So, yeah, I think Matt Ryan definitely uh, fits in here for the, uh, what is it, 10th pick? Yeah, I think this is all pick. Oh, yeah, no, number nine. You know, it's coming on number 10. But, listen, that doesn't matter oh. where these two guys are really picked. You know what I mean? But, uh, no, listen, I'm still a former MVP of the National Football League, which is not a lot of people can say that. Hat, you got the 10th pick now. Go for it. Yeah, this might be a little bit of a reach here, but I just am not confident in a lot of guys who I might consider putting ahead of him and I'm going to go with Justin Herbert from the chart he came out there last season and just exploded into 21 setting the rookie touchdown record and he throws a great deep ball they got him a little bit more protection this year he's going into this year he's got he's got some more targets now I, I think he's going to be just more 
comfortable being in the NFL, and he's going to just have an even better season than last year. And I think he's going to just kind of shock a lot of people, putting up some great numbers. And I don't know how their season in Los Angeles is going to play out, but I know one thing for sure, he's going to be a good player. He's going to get a throw for a little. They're behind in games a lot, so that might pad his ass a little bit, but he just makes some ridiculous plays. And I'm, I'm a big fan of him out of Oregon. Kind of wanted the Giants to get him, um, but he ended up sticking out one more year in college. And now he's just really proven that he's a stud, and he's he's going into this year with some more guys, and I'm, I'm excited to see how he does. Yeah, you mentioned that, man. If Daniel Jones kind of flops this year, one of the biggest what-ifs I'll keep asking is what if Herbert came out in 2019 and the Giants took him at number six, man. It looked like it. Then he comes back for the year, wanted to get his degree. But this guy's unbelievable, man. He comes into that game week two, like 10 minutes before the game, it seems like. They're like, oh, you're starting. And just took the league by storm. Throws for over 4,300 yards. Like you said, set the rookie touchdown record. On the move, it's no problem. He can never completely figure it out in college. And then he got to the NFL and he was like, oh, this is how we do it. And he just went off. He plays with a whole lot of confidence. Uh, He's not afraid to make throws like that he was afraid to in college. And, yeah, I think his game's just going to keep getting better. I, I would expect him, honestly, I, another guy who's a sneaky MVP candidate. For a Chargers team that, like, their defense with Derwin James coming back is sne- is going to be sneaky good. I believe they brought in um Asante Samuel Jr., I want to say. I could be wrong on that, but I think they brought him in too. So uh, this could be a pretty good defense. And, obviously, the biggest thing, like you said, was bringing in uh, offensive linemen. They brought in Corey Lindsley. He was an all-pro center. They brought in um a tackle too from somewhere they revamped their offensive line they brought in Rashawn Slater obviously in the draft to give him even more protection so yeah the Chargers did a good job with that and like you said uh, Herbert I mean he's he's an unbelievable talent so I don't think this is I think this is a great a home run pick from you now you're here number 10 I um I think Herbert was definitely the right pick no doubt about it I think Herbert I, I wasn't really a big fan of him at Oregon and then he comes into the league like I was higher on a guy like Tua took a Vailoa than, than Justin Herbert, but I mean, Herbert comes into the league and just balls out every single week. Just when you watch this guy, he can make plays that not many in the league can do. So I think Herbert here at number 10 is uh, the best pick there was. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I agree with you in that sense of like, I definitely had like Burrow and Tua still over him, but man, did he kind of like, at least for this first season, he proved us wrong. I know Burrow had a good start, but I think. I don't think even if Burrow plays the full season, he has what's required. Even just the eye test, what Herbert was able to show. Uh, going to pick 11, I was hoping Herbert got back to me, but he will not. So I will go with the guy who I had right under him. I will go with Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals, 2019 Rookie of the Year. Uh, couldn't have ended up in a better situation. How he Cliff Kingsbury had been trying to recruit him, it seemed like, since like 2015. He was the guy who recruited him to Texas Tech eventually. Then he leaves for uh, – excuse me, recruited to Texas A&M when uh, – he. Kingsbury was the offensive coordinator there, but then he went to Texas Tech. Uh, besides the point, uh, Murray's a perfect fit for there. Obviously, his rookie year wasn't really too much of a runner, but then this past year, he was running the ball a lot more, had 819 yards on the ground, 11 touchdowns to go with almost 4,000 yards in the air. Got banged up a little bit in that last game of the season. He kind of missed a uh, missed like a good portion of that game, but I guess a sour note was that they had to win one of the last two games and they don't to miss the playoffs. I think he comes out with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, his all five, eight of him, I guess you could say, but yeah, he's kind of proved people wrong about the thing that like, Oh, you have to be tall to play quarterback. Because like I said, he's just running around. He's waddling around almost, uh, unbelievable that the guys are first round town in baseball too. Uh, 
Kyler Murray, I mean, like I said, a gifted quarterback and uh, definitely, I think, worthy of this number 11 pick. Nah, yeah, I was hoping this guy uh, fell to me um, in the draft at this pick. But, yeah, I think Kyler Murray definitely was the right pick. I think Murray, um, he's just continued that chain of uh, good Oklahoma quarterbacks. And he's coming to the league, and he's just he's performed. I mean, he's failed a little bit. He's thrown a decent amount of interceptions. But, I mean, he just makes plays out there. And I think he has this Arizona Cardinal team going in the right direction. So, yeah, I think uh, 11th pick here, I think. This was a really good pick. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray, too. Uh, I think this is definitely the right pick here. He's still got DeAndre Hopkins. He's, still, he's getting another year in, in his coach's system. And like you were saying, it was tough that they did miss the playoffs. But you know what? I still think they're a good team. I still think they can make a splash this year. And he makes plays like when he's on like nobody else in the league except for Patrick Mahomes, you can say, just because he makes plays like that every week. Um, I think this is definitely a good pick here. It's it's crazy how talented the quarterbacks are that this guy's fallen this deep. He's going to do what he can do. He's going to run the ball. He's going to throw, and he's just going to make the right play. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, uh, one of the most talented, crazy, I would say, we just have that many quarterbacks. But uh, you, you mentioned, obviously, he's in that competitive NFC West. They did bring in A.J. Green, our receiver, who I don't know, will be too much of a big impact, but I think more importantly, a sneaker guy, a, a sneaker, a, a sleeper guy, excuse me, to look out for is Rondell Moore of Purdue, a second round pick who can run with the best of them. I think he'll be a big addition to that offense. But Corey, this brings you to back-to-back picks. Who are we going with? Yeah, this is where it um, begins to get a little tough, but, you know, I'm going to go with another Oklahoma quarterback here. I'm going go with Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield, like a lot of quarterbacks in the league, I think this guy definitely receives – um. A little bit too much slander also. I just think Baker is a really big competitor. And, I mean, the team in 2019 underachieved. I uh, only went 6-10. and 10, But the year before that, I thought he showed um, the major flashes of being, like, a franchise quarterback. I think this past year he bounced back a little bit. I just think that team is also, like, a really good team outside the quarterback position. And um, he's not asked to do as much as a guy like Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't have to, like, fully carry the team like that. So, yeah, I think Baker Mayfield here with the uh, 12th pick is going to be my pick. And then just to speed up a little bit, I'm going to go with the 13th pick here. And this is where, I mean, it's getting a little hard. I'm mainly between two guys, but, I mean, this might be a little bit of a reach. I'm going with Ryan Tannehill on the uh, Tennessee Titans. I think Ryan Tannehill is a guy who's, like, thought of fully as a game manager which I think he is a little bit, but I think um, I think he he could do a little more than that. I mean, last year had over had 33 touchdowns, doesn't throw a lot, doesn't turn the ball over a lot, and yeah, he's another guy. I mean, they hand the ball off to Derrick Henry a lot, so he's not asked to do that much. But I think um, he's a, definitely a, a way above average quarterback here in the league. So you're here, so at um 13, I'll take uh, Ryan Tannehill here. Yeah, two solid picks, and you mentioned kind of two guys who play within their system, and they do a very good job in their system. Not X to extend plays a lot, not X to throw crazy on the run and throw for 400 yards a game. Uh, starting with Baker first, yeah, uh, after 2019, I think a lot of people were like, all right, all eyes are on Baker. You have to do your job. You have to execute this year, and boy, did he do it. Obviously, you could say, oh, he had the, one of the best run games in the league, but at the same time, I mean, Baker threw for what, like 3,500 3, yards? 26 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. He's efficient. He gets the ball out. He does his job. And same thing with Ryan Tannehill. Nah, I'm not a huge fan of Ryan Tannehill because, again, I think it's pretty easy to be a quarterback with Derrick Henry and you're running play action all the time. 
But, I mean, I can't take it away from him. The guy throws a great deep ball, too, to A.J. Brown. Um, I think it might hurt a little bit without Arthur Smith there. So, I wouldn't – maybe my – like, I'm not too high into Ryan Tannehill this year. Maybe, I guess, from a fantasy perspective, I guess I'll say. I know normally we don't talk about that. But he gives you something with his legs a little bit, too. And uh, for a Titans defense, that's not very good. Uh, he, I mean – he keeps their offense. Like he keeps the Titans in the game, obviously because of how good he is to throw the ball. I mean, Derek Henry runs for 2000 yards. Ryan Tannehill is also throwing for 3,800 yards and another guy doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. So yeah, both guys, I think they get maybe a little too much hate again because they don't, they play within their system and they don't really branch out, but they got two great running games. What do you want them to do? Yeah. I mean, when you got Derek Henry on the team, it's, you're not, you're not going to be the focus of that team. He's just going to, he's going to get his job done. They're a run uh, first team, and there's a reason why because Derrick Henry can run. He's proven that he can run better than anybody. He ran for 2,000 last year, but uh, like you were saying, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He does his job. He's a good game manager, and he makes plays when it matters. When they need him to throw the ball, he he's been pretty consistent with things. He's not going to be like amazing like anybody else, but he does his job well. And I'm a fan of the guy. He's he's a class act and he's a hard worker. And I think this is the right pick here with Tannehill, just because he's he's going to do his job well. All right, so Corey, you I just picked the 2019 overall first overall pick with my last pick. You just took the 2018 first overall pick, so why not make it the trifecta? I'm going to take the 2020 first overall pick. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow here, a guy whose season was cut short in his 10th game with a torn ACL, but up until that point, had 2,600 yards, 13 touchdowns, to five interceptions, playing with a brutal. Cincinnati Bengals team their O-line is horrendous he does have a good receiving core obviously Tyler Boyd and T Higgins were there last year as well as AJ Green I was a little upset this year that Cincinnati went Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell because I think Sewell's going to be a quarter like cornerstone left tackle whereas Chase I think was a little bit more of an asset they didn't really need another receiver but listen I wasn't a, like, obviously I watched Burrow in 2019 and light up probably the best college football season for a quarterback in history but I wasn't completely sold on him going into the NFL but he, he sold me. I mean, he made plays with his legs. He could throw out of the pocket. I thought he'd be like in college, obviously, he'd be a product of them running a lot of five, like five out, like five wide, basically, and just picking matchups when you have Jamar Chase and Terrence Marshall and Justin Jefferson. But come the NFL, the guy's a ball player for sure. Um, I think in a league of quarterbacks, obviously, young quarterbacks, he's another really good one. Hopefully, he recovers from this ACL injury. Hopefully, he's back week one. But yeah. Uh, Burrow definitely proved me wrong and opened my eyes. So yeah, I'll go with Burrow here. Yeah, I like the pick here. I mean, Joe Burrow, you don't know what's going to happen after this injury. He still doesn't really have that protection around him. But um, you had Jamar Chase. So that's a player that he's played with. He's also got a second year coming to the system. And he did good things when he was playing. Just got hit way too much. And that you can't really blame the guy for that. But he still, he still won the Heisman Trophy. He still won the national championship. Even with those great players he had around him, he was the focus of that team. He was he was an absolute beast. He was a stud. And the Bengals, you, I don't know, really know how much they're going to ever be able to do just because they're the Bengals. But I'm excited for Joe Burrow. I'm a fan. I think he's going to come back off this injury and do some decent things. Yeah, I mean, I think Joe Burrow here was um, was another solid pick, I think. Burrow, I'm not saying he was going to be as good as Herbert, but I think if if Joe Burrow plays the whole year last year, like like Herbert and Burrow are pretty close to each other. But I mean, Burrow tears his ACL after I think like nine games. And yeah, I mean, I think he's going to prove people wrong this year. I mean, no one's really doubting him that much, but I think, yeah, I think Burrow has a bounce back season. 
I mean, just come comeback season off the torn ACL and uh, proves he's uh, the Bengals guy. Yeah, hopefully he does come back strong because that'd be uh, listen. Nobody wants to see a guy's career derailed by injuries. Hat, you have picks number fifteen or uh, yeah, yeah, fifteen and sixteen. So take them away. All right, here we go. This is this is a tough pick. I feel like we're kind of losing a lot of talent here, but I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins actually, and. Uh, they had a really tough start to last season, but kind of came back near the end and won a few games, beat some decent teams. And they made the play last year before under Kirk Cousins. You lose Justin Jefferson, who really just proved he's he's a great player. He, he shut up all the haters about him and went out there and did some pretty amazing things. And I think just a second year in the system for Jefferson is really going to boost Kirk Cousins' ability. You still got Adam Thielen. You still got Dalvin Cook, who is the focal point of that offense. But Kirk Cousins can make some good plays. He's shown flashes of being a great quarterback. Just the pressure has really got to him, I feel like, at times. Um, but I think this year they can go out there and maybe prove some some of the haters uh, wrong as a team and just for Kirk Cousins himself. Yeah, listen, you like that, hat, and I like that pick. Uh, Kirk Cousins, that's a 2019 Pro Bowl, I think. Uh, another guy who primetime Kirk is just like yeah, he, he shivels in like those um those tough games and those like primetime games. But he did win that big game in the playoffs that year against he went into mini uh into what you want into uh, Louisiana and beat the Saints that year. I don't know where I was going with that. But uh, a guy last year, I think uh, he didn't have like a great start to the year, but again, had a good end of the year. I think his numbers look a little better than they were because of how bad their defense was last year. With a better defense, I mean, for a time, it looked like the NFC North was wide open. And I mean, you kind of pegged them the favorites if Rodgers didn't come back. But I think this is definitely a team that can compete for a playoff spot because, again, Kirk Cousins is efficient with the football. He delivers the football on time, on target. So, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is a much more. He's a proven quarterback, too, in this league, which I think is at some point like you got to you got to put a lot of uh, stock into that. So, yeah, good pick. Now, yeah, Kirk Cousins in his career, whether it's been in Washington or uh, in Minnesota now, he um, I think he's a fourth round pick. Michi- Michigan State. I mean, he's just been a good quarterback in this league. Now, um, like Peo said, I mean, he has folded in pressure sometimes, pressure situations. But I mean, his stats, I think, are a little bit like garbage time inflated but i think Kirk cousins definitely uh is a solid qb in this league and i think at this point in draft it's a, it's a good pick all right hat brings it for you on the wraparound who are you going with all right this is tough too i'm between two guys here but i'm gonna go with a guy that i actually really like i'm a big fan of him Derek carr from las vegas john gruden you don't he's he's got this trick plays working he's he's a crazy guy He's a great head coach, and, you, you know, Derek Carr in an extra year in that system. Henry Ruggs coming back in a second year in that system. You bring in a guy like John Brown, who did some great things in Buffalo, and I think he's finally got some good targets around him, like Ruggs. They were saying Brian Edwards has really been performing really well in camp. He's looking like a number one receiver, so I'm excited to see what he can do. And, of course, Darren Waller is just a, a top three tight end in football. So I think Derek Carr can go out there and maybe – Get the, get the Raiders a little bit over the hump. I mean, they had that big win last year against Kansas City where he played like an absolute beast. Can he be more consistent? I don't know. I don't know if he's definitely going to be their guy for long, but I'm just really being on his intensity, his toughness, 
and how much he loves the game of football, how hard he works. I, I think this is the right pick here, but, you know, it's tough getting late in the draft here. Not cause, uh, Derek Carr, excuse me, was not a guy getting back to you because I definitely had my eye on him. A guy who's done for over 4,000 yards in the past two years, and like you said, another guy who like, he just puts his head down, he works, is a good locker room guy, good at elevating the guys around him. Obviously, he's had Darren Waller, but yeah, maybe not the best receivers around him. He made Nelson Aguilar look real good last year, but hopefully Ruggs will come around. And uh, Edwards, like I said, I've been hearing the same stuff about how he looks all apart. So... Yeah, I think Derek Carr, a guy maybe gets overlooked because Patrick Mahomes is in that division. Now Justin Herbert's in that division. But, I mean, he, he's, been, he's went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and outdueled him. That game in Kansas City, he played out of his mind. So, yeah, I think I've, I've always been a little curious that Vegas never, it seems like, has been fully sold on Carr. But uh, Carr's one, one real good quarterback. So, yeah, this is a good, good pick for me. Yeah, I was hoping this guy Derek Carr fell to me with my next pick. But, yeah, I think Carr in this situation – was uh, definitely the best pick there was. This guy um, has has the Vegas Raiders, not not really like a consistent playoff team, but, you know, they're always in the uh, – I mean, lately they've been in the, in the playoff picture until the end of the season. So I think Derek Carr, definitely a, um, a good leader, definitely a good locker room guy, and definitely produces on the field, I think, was a really good pick here. All right, that brings it to me at pick number 17. And I'm between two guys here, and I'm going to go with a draft strategy here and hope that one of them gets back to me after this. Um, recapping my last three picks, it's Matt Stafford, former number one overall pick, Kyler Murray, number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. So I guess I'm just staying on this track, right? And I'm going to go with the most recent one. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick out of Clemson, 34-2 and two in his college career, two-time Heisman finalist, threw for over 3,000 yards in each year. I mean, obviously, you guys have heard all about him. The guy is a winner in college. He has immense arm talent. He can run, which is honestly one of the most underrated abilities about him. I think once he goes into the NFL, a lot of people will see that, um, especially seeing how much how well Justin Herbert did in the NFL game and adjusting to it. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have another like a, just a huge year burst onto the scene. One of the most hyped up quarterback prospects since Andrew Luck. And I think it's completely justified. Uh, had really Two, I mean, I wouldn't even say like two, I guess, bad games, you would say, in his career, like against LSU and Ohio State, which are the second time they played, which unfortunately was on a big stage. But yeah, uh, the guy's one hell of a football player. So yeah, I'll go with Trevor Lawrence here, and hopefully uh, he gets his NFL career off to a good start. Yeah, I think at this stage, draft, like the, um, like the good, like obviously the elite quarterbacks are not there anymore. Like the good to average quarterbacks starting to wear off, like starting to get a little tough. So I think. At this stage, I think you could definitely put Trevor Lawrence here, even though he's never played an NFL game. I think one of the most hyped prospects ever to come out of college, I think. Um, Trevor Lawrence, despite never playing a game, I think uh, he this is like a really good spot to take him just because like there's a little bit of a talent. I mean, like success drop off. So I think this is a, this is a good pick here. Yeah, I think this is a good pick here, too. I mean, a lot of the talent's kind of dropping off, and this is the most talented quarterback prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck. I mean, this guy was an absolute set of Clemson. I've always rooted against the guy just because of how much I hate Clemson and honestly just how good he was at Clemson and how much of a high-level player he always has been. But he's going into a different scene here in Jacksonville, a team that hasn't been good. They don't really have that many great guys around him. And he's going to be that. He's going to be the starting quarterback week one, no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good pick here. Still kind of rooting against the guy, but he's there's no question that he's a very talented player. 
No, for sure. You mentioned that he's going to go into Jacksonville. A guy who, like, I mean, the big thing, too, about him is that he's lost, like, it's, like, three games or whatever since, like, his freshman year of high school, whatever the crazy stat about it is. And, I mean, come to reality now in the NFL, I mean, you're going to – like, he's going to lose on Jacksonville. They don't have a great roster. Obviously, it's Travis Etienne still from Clemson, but it's not going to be the Etienne, like, of Clemson. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to run for the same, like, how we ran in uh, college. He doesn't have – he has DJ Chark, who's a good weapon, a good number one, but not a great defense. So, yeah, I think – uh for like one of the first times in his career, really, like the deck's going to be against him. So it, I, I'd love to see how he can like if he can rise up to the occasion and maybe that would make him that much more special. Uh, Corp, you got a back to back picks here. Yeah, I think this is where it starts to get really tough. I think um, it's getting a little tough to to pick some some good quarterbacks. So with here, I think with this the the 18th pick. I mean, I don't know. This is just tough in this situation. I'm actually going to go with. I think he, he he deserves he gets a lot of hate. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jared Goff here. I mean Jared Goff did take the, the Los Angeles Rams to the Super Bowl and then gets traded for um, Matthew Stafford and uh, the, the the Lions get a few first round picks. And I think I'm not saying Jared Goff is that good, but I mean the guy did win football games on on a good Rams team, but he still did win games as their quarterback and got them to Super Bowl. And, I mean, he's put up some numbers in his career. So, I think Jared Goff, getting this late in the draft, I think I'm going to go with him uh, 18th overall. Goff, a proven commodity. Like you said, a couple years ago when the Rams weren't too good, he was like third in the league in passing yards. This past year kind of took a little bit of a step back. Uh, The one thing that just worries me with Jared Goff is, like I said, he was playing in like quarterback heaven almost. And, like, I'm not going to say – like, he was like good, but he wasn't great. I thought, like, the system kind of masks a lot of his, like, uh, like his – flaws i guess you could say uh so that'll worries me i think they, he might get a little more exposed in detroit but like you said i think i remember like seeing a stat like since he became the starter or something like only three quarterbacks in the league have a better record than him like win more than him he wins games can you say it's probably a lot to do like something to do with McVay? yeah but at the same time again he's a proven winner and at this point in the draft there's a lot of guys who are unproven so i i don't think going for like stability in a guy like goff is uh, a bad thing and i think this is a, again another make or break year for goff because it's like if he kind of like like doesn't play good in Detroit, then it's like, all right, well, that's why McVay didn't want him anymore in L.A. because he's not good at all. But if he plays good in like Detroit, then potentially he could, I don't know, maybe become, I don't know if he'll become their franchise quarterback. But I'm thinking more of he could become a big trade piece come 2022 and take another franchise over. Yeah, I think it's it's not a bad pick here. I mean, Jared Goff did go to the Super Bowl even with that team. I mean, he did have Todd Gurley in his prime and that on that team. He's always had a great defense around him. But we've seen a lot of quarterbacks have good teams and not be able to do anything with it. And Jared Goff, he was good enough to get that team to the Super Bowl. I think he's going to have even worse of a year this year, honestly, just being in Detroit. I don't think Detroit's going to be very good. But you got to look at the guy. He went to the Super Bowl, and a lot of the guys who are still on the board have really not done anything in their careers to this point, even if they are some of the younger guys. Jared Goff isn't that old. He's still he, – he, he worked hard and he got a big contract because of how well he played. But, yeah, I mean, I've never been really high on the guy just because he's had so many talented uh, players around him. But we'll see how he does this year with not that many weapons and see if he can kind of make a name for himself. Yeah, talent deprived in Detroit. I mean, aside from TJ Hawkinson, I think their number two target is like, probably like maybe a Monroe St. Brown. So definitely an uphill battle for him in Detroit. And he does have DeAndre Swift. But, Corey, you got pick number 19. Yeah, I mean, 
I keep saying every time I think this is getting difficult. I mean, I think I'm, I'm passing on a guy. I think um, what are you going to take? I just don't I don't like him at this stage in his career. And honestly, I think this one's a little tough. I think I'm honestly, this is going to be an absolute reach. You guys are probably going to call me crazy. I'm going to go with Jameis Winston from the from the New Orleans Saints. I just think at this um this like point ranking guys, I think Jameis Winston at least talent wise definitely very qual- qualified for for this pick. I mean I know the guy turned it over 30 times. I mean had 30 interceptions in uh what was it 20 2019 2020 I think 2019. But, I mean, the guy threw for over 5,000 yards. I don't think many guys in the NFL could do that. So, I mean, despite the interceptions, I think he he is the starter for the Saints this year. I'm going to take a reach here and take Jameis Winston. Yeah, listen, I, I don't think this is a bad pick if you're going off guys who you think are like – like we'll have, I think Jameis Winston is going to have a good 2021 season if he wins that starting quarterback job, which I think he should. Obviously, he put up big numbers in Tampa Bay when he was throwing it to Godwin and Evans. I'm a little worried about his weapons in – New Orleans this year with Michael Thomas out. But, yeah, listen, a guy throws for 5,000 yards in the NFL. It's no fluke. Uh, hopefully there's no uh, pads out there that are going to take him down. But uh, I, I love Jameis Winston talking about the continuity, too. I'm happy that you picked him so I could bring up, like, <laughs> that interview that he was having. He, he's all bought in to be a starting quarterback. And maybe he gets mocked a little bit on social media. But at the end of it, would you rather your guy be like that and take it seriously? Or would you rather him have a nonchalant attitude? So, uh, I don't completely hate this pick, Corey. Again, I think at these two picks, there's a lot of unproven guys out there, and you may you probably opted, I think, for two like guys who have shown that they can play in the National Football League at a high level. So I don't completely hate that strategy. So I commend you for that. I don't think I would have went the same way, but I I think it's a smart way of drafting. Yeah, going on that stance, these both uh, Jared Goff and James have proved that they can play in the NFL, that they can get things done. I still think it's a pretty bold pick here going with Jameis, just considering he's not even earned the right to be the starting quarterback yet. We don't know what's going to happen in that situation. I don't know how he's going to do with the guys that he has around him. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think there's some guys that I probably would have went with over him just because I've never been that big a fan of the guy. I mean, he turns the ball over a lot. But uh, this late in the draft, you kind of got to just go with your gut and who you think is the best uh, at this stage because there's a lot of guys who really are unproven or just have shown that they make a lot of mistakes. So I can't hate on the pick. Probably wouldn't have made it myself though. Yeah. You mentioned like guys who like maybe have made mistakes, but I I, I think I'm going to go with the guy who's a little more proven. We spoke about him already in the episode. I was happy. I didn't think I'm happy. He got back to me. I'm going to go Carson Wentz here. Obviously I don't want to speak too much about him because we did a former guy who won a lot of football games in 2017 with the Eagles, has shown the ability, which not a lot of quarterbacks can do, can completely put a team on his back and there's inferior talent around him and throw the ball. And what he did in 2019 down the stretch to win those four games, uh, people don't give him a lot. And you could be like, oh, it was against a bad schedule. Oh, he snuck in the playoffs at nine and seven. But I mean, you're winning games, throwing it to Greg Ward, who's coming off the practice squad, to Boston Scott. Like at some point, it's just like, all right, Give it to Carson Wentz. And yes, you could he, he struggles uh, at being inconsistent. But when Carson Wentz is at his best, he can completely elevate a football team to a point that not a lot of quarterbacks, uh, especially guys who are taking a lot higher than him, um, can do. So that's why I'll go with Wentz here and just bet on his talent. I know he might be banged up a little bit this year, but I'm hoping he can finally remind people in Indianapolis what type of player he can be. Yeah, this is another bold pick here, probably one that I wouldn't have made either. But I've always known that you've been – Personally, really big on Wentz, pal. Um, 
he hasn't been able to do much in the last few years. But again, this late in the draft, you don't know how it's going to go. I think if he was healthy, he might even even have gone a little bit earlier in this draft. Um, and the Colts are a good team. Even without him, they still are going to be scrappy. They're still going to try to win and fight for football games. So we'll see how he does when he gets back from that in- injury. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Pretty bold pick here. Yeah, I mean, I think Carson Wentz definitely at his best is a really good quarterback. And honestly, I don't think it's that bold this late. I know he had a bad a bad 2020, but before that, he's been able to uh, kind of will that team a little bit. I know, obviously, they won the Super Bowl without him. I think Carson Wentz, um, I think he was going to – I still think he's going to have a good year in Indy when he comes back. So, yeah, I kind of like this pick uh, this late in the draft. Has to stop turning the ball over, though. He did that a lot. 15 interceptions last year, really only 12 games. Can't happen. Protect the football, and uh, maybe better things will happen in Indianapolis. Hat, you have your final two picks now, uh, and let's hear them. I'm going to go with uh, a veteran right here who I'm kind of surprised he slipped a little bit this deep, but I'm going to go with Big Ben. Um, You know, the Steelers, they had a tough close to that season. They started off super hot, and a lot of people were doubting them, and they kind of prove the doubters right based on how they finished but uh Ben Roethlisberger I don't know if he was completely healthy last year I think he can come back this year maybe the team will be a little bit more focused I think Claypool maybe comes back and a little more focused hopefully the team can just kind of go out there and just focus on football games rather than all the nonsense that's been going on with them but um I think Big Ben can still maybe make that push and maybe try to fight for a playoff spot and throw for some decent yards He's always been a hard worker. He's always been a solid talent. He's kind of fallen off in the last few years, but I'm rooting for the guy. I've always been a fan, and I think this is a, I think this is the right pick here. Yeah, listen, if we're going off guys' career accolades and stuff like that, obviously Roethlisberger picked a lot higher. 2018, he had a nice year, a really good year. 2019, he kind of he gets hurt early, and then last year, I don't know, I didn't love him. I, mean, I don't think he's going to get any better this year. I just think he's like slinging the ball a lot. Doesn't really have like the arm he used to. Obviously, they fell apart down the stretch. But um, again, a, a proven guy, a guy who can win football games at this stage in the draft. I mean, I'm just looking at the list. There aren't many of these guys who have a lot of wins under their belt, especially nowhere near what Roethlisberger has done. Uh, he, he is adding Najee Harris this year, so hopefully that takes a little bit of the pressure off him. I thought he should have retired after last year, but he's going to give it one more go. And for his sake, I hope he ends on a high note. Yeah, I mean, Big Ben was a guy I definitely thought I could have took. With the pick when I took uh, Jameis or even Jared Goff, but like I just I saw Big Ben towards the end of that to the end of last year in the playoffs and just like it was a guy like I just didn't want to pick. I definitely think he's still a solid quarterback, but I, I mean I think for for this pick it was definitely the right pick. But like I, that was just a guy like I didn't I didn't really want to pick just based off what I saw late last season. All right, Hat, your final pick. Let's uh. I think with Big Ben off the board, I think now like these last three picks are going to be like pretty personal preference picks like that. Obviously, the whole Jeff kind of is in a, in a sense, but I think these three like these guys are all on the same playing field. If you ask me, so go for it. Yep, you guys have made some bold picks here, and I think I'm going to go to mine and take a shot of my boy Daniel Jones. You know, Danny Dimes. He hasn't been great, to be honest, and, I, and I've still been trying to make excuses for the guy. But, you know, I think coming into this year, the Giants really added a lot of guys on the defense. They, they're they so, uh, solidifying that offense, too. 
you see from uh, the news that's been going around, they've really been buying to Joe Judge's system. Daniel Jones going to this year too. He's gonna he's in the next year of his system. You add a guy like Kenny Galladay, um, Saquon's coming back. I think this could be a big year for Daniel Jones, and I think this is a make or break year for sure. I think the talent is finally there around him. He's finally got good receivers. He's got his franchise running back back, and he's in the second year of the system. And that, this is an NFC East that's wide open. So I'm hoping for big things from the guy personally just because I'm a huge Giants fan. But I also think that he can maybe go out there and prove some of the haters wrong with this, uh, with this year to come. Yeah, listen, I could probably go on for an hour about Daniel Jones and what's went right and what's went wrong and defend him because I think I'm one of the few that's still on the Daniel Jones Island and I'll still stand up for him because, look, he's had big games in his career. Obviously, that game against Washington, I'm thinking of that comeback against Tampa Bay in 2019. Uh, 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions that year. That was good. A lot of fumbles, though, that year. 2020 didn't throw a lot of touchdowns. But I think 2020 is numbers, too. One, he was a little banged up. And two, um, they, 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 they were competitive in a sense that, like, like they were still fighting for the division. And their defense was so good. So, obviously, you're going to play to your team's strengths. So, you're going to run the ball a lot. And you're not going to turn the ball over. I think that's why maybe in 2019 his stats were a little better. Because they were just like, all right, go out there and play. And let's go see what you can do. But, yeah, 2021 is a huge make or break year. You bring in Gallaudet. You bring in uh, Kyle Rudolph. You bring in Kadarius Tony. I'm hoping Jason Garrett can get him on the move a little more and throwing. Because he's a lot more mobile than he gets credit for. He can run. Uh Obviously, we saw like some of the QB designs. I know he's tripping over his own feet, but he's he scored another touchdown in the other game against the Eagles. A nice little uh, read option. So, yeah, be creative with this offense. I think Daniel Jones, not just trying to say it on a bias, could have a huge 2021 season and a real bounce back and kind of prove that he could be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think Daniel Jones is a bold pick here, but I definitely think – I mean, like I definitely, I definitely see like the, the reasoning behind it. I think Daniel Jones – Kind of also, like um, you guys said, like in a make-or-break season, I know they had, obviously they added Kenny Galladay on the offensive side of the ball, added Dory Jackson on the defensive side of the ball. Also, had, obviously, Kadarius Tony on um, and Aziz Ozolari in the draft. I think, um, yeah, Daniel Jones has turned the ball over a lot in his in his career, but I think the talent and um, I think a lot of stuff's there. He's definitely, I wouldn't even say it's sneaky at this point. He's just an, an athletic quarterback who could run really fast and um, avoid pressure throwing the run. So, yeah, I think Daniel Jones here is um, a bold pick, but I kind of like it. Yeah, Jones is definitely probably would have been my pick here. Maybe a little uh, like swayed for personal preference because I think there's like four uh, – there's four guys right now that I'm kind of in between. They're all young quarterbacks within their first couple years that I think could all have big years. But I'm going to go with the guy who just got drafted. I'll go with the youngest guy who I think has the most upside out of the group. I'm going to go with Trey Lance, uh, quarterback out of North Dakota State, was just the third overall pick. Uh, one reason that I'm definitely going for him, I, I'm not even sure if he's going to win the starting job in San Francisco. But when you trade two future first to move up to number three, one, you are completely sold on that guy that he can fit in your system. And number two, you're going to play him right away. You're not wasting any time. So I think it's a lot of smokescreen stuff with that. Uh, he's had a lot of positive reviews in camp. And you walk into Kyle Shanahan's offense, good things are going to happen. He is creative, getting the ball to guys like Brandon Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuel, and, of course, George Kittle. Their run game is so good. And what Trey Lance can do from an athletic standpoint to running the football, uh, he's going to be one of the best mobile quarterbacks in the league, like from a running standpoint. Uh, obviously, his throwing, like it, it has to improve. He hasn't played a huge level of competition, but he can lean on his very good defense. He can lean on his run game. And I think Trey Lance has a chance to be sneaky good early on and just kind of like, 
lean on his running ability almost a little bit and kind of take the league, like catch people by surprise and maybe be like, oh, well, he wasn't too polished, but his raw athleticism is that good. And he does have a pretty strong arm. And from what I've heard too, his um, like him being able to pick up the playbook and stuff like that, he's he's progressed through that very well. So that's going to help him get on the field early. So like I said, I'll get into them after Corey makes his last pick with a couple guys who I was in between, but I'll take the biggest upside guy in Trey Lance here. Yeah, I mean, I think Trey Lance, obviously, um, a Division One FCS player. Um, it's hard to rank a guy in like the top twenty-five. Who, who's never played an NFL game and is um, played a D1 FCS, but obviously a smart franchise like the 49ers aren't going to take somebody like they're not completely sold on despite being him in a Division One FCS. So, I mean, I I probably wouldn't make the pick here for Trey Lance, but I mean, after this year, he easily could be way higher on this list because I think he has that much potential, but like right now, probably wouldn't take him. But I like the... Uh, like the creativeness, and uh, I think it's a good pick this late in the draft. Yeah, like Corey was saying, I think next year maybe he could be a guy who jumps up on the list, but this year it's kind of a bold pick here just because we honestly don't know if he's going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, Jimmy Garofalo still led that team to a Super Bowl. I don't know if he makes it through the year. I think he starts week one at least, and maybe they go from there. But uh, we'll see how Trey Lance does, if he can get some starting reps or if he earns that spot as the starting quarterback before the season starts. Um, bold pick, but I like I like how you're being risky here. You don't know how this guy's going to be. And I feel like a lot of the other guys that are left, you kind of know what you're going to get from them. All right. And then that means, Corey, you're going to wrap it out with pick number 24. Yeah, I mean, you're taking um, <clears throat> Trey Lance, probably the future quarterback. Of the 49ers, I'm going to go with, actually, the guy who took him to the Super Bowl in the 2020 season. I'll take I'll take Jimmy Garoppolo here with the uh, 24th pick. Um, Jimmy G, I don't think, is an above-average quarterback. That's why he's getting picked here at uh, number 24, at least in the league. I still think he's a quality quarterback. I mean, the guy, obviously, um, was behind Tom Brady in New England. And when he got his chance, he won football games. He comes to... Uh, he comes to San Francisco and he wins football games. I know he he didn't get him across the finish line and win the Super Bowl, but I think Jimmy G is a little bit more than a like, than a game manager. I think he's like in a like a good game manager where I mean he gets the job done. So here at number twenty four pick, I'll take uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, listen, if Jimmy if Trey Lance was not in San Francisco, I would have picked Jimmy Garoppolo probably three rounds ago. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. The only reason why I wasn't taking him is because I think that. Uh, ultimately, he won't end up being the starting quarterback there. But yeah, just like to your credit, I think he's more than a game manager. And I think people forget, like in 2019, like when like the 49ers are playing good and as they're progressing into the playoffs, people are like, like if Garoppolo could take a next step, like he might even be like just outside that elite tier. Uh, obviously, he did struggle a little bit in the playoffs, not struggle, but like uh, they they carried the run game carried him, didn't do too much. And then in the Super Bowl, obviously, uh, they kind of blow a lead a little bit, so he gets uh, a lot of the hate. But yeah, I think Garoppolo kind of gets the short end of the stick in San Francisco. I think Lance just can take has the potential to take that team a little farther. But I think Garoppolo is still a good quarterback in the NFL and for sure should be a starting quarterback in the league because uh, the guy wins games too. I mean, when when he plays in San Francisco, they win, and when he when he doesn't play, San Francisco loses. So again, some of that comes to him. So I think it's a very good pick at this stage. Yeah, I think this is a great place to take a guy like Jimmy G too. I mean. Any other guy that we we would say went to the Super Bowl a few years ago and and 
was a starting quarterback last year, you would be saying, oh, he would be going in a way higher round in a quarterback draft like this. We just don't know about his future, honestly. I think Peo's right. I think he be, can be a starting quarterback on another team. We just don't know how it's going to work out for him this year. And, yeah, he, he has shown flashes of being, like, a very good quarterback. I still don't think he's really had that moment where he's proved that. So I think that's why he's in the situation he, he's in right now. Um, but we'll see how he goes this year. We'll see if he can uh, prove himself a little more and keep that starting role. But I think, again, yeah, this is a great pick at this situation. All right, and that's going to wrap up our draft. Uh, real quick, we'll throw on some honorable mentions. I'll, I'll, we'll keep it brief, so I'll just throw like two guys out who I was comparing with Trey Lance. Um, I was either between Trey Lance and then Sam Darnold who, uh, with Carolina. I think we'll have a big year with Joe Brady and Tua Tagovailoa, who I was very high on coming out of the draft. I thought he'd be the best quarterback in that class. Struggled, obviously, in 2020. I think some of that can be contributed, though, to his help. And like Tua's a guy who... Again, not really going to extend plays with his legs, but he's going to put the ball where it needs to be. So uh, I think with a better cast, like them bringing in Jalen Waddle, like them bringing in Wolf Father, that'll help him a lot. So I'll go with those two as my honorable mentions. Uh, I guess we'll go with Corey first. You want anybody like give a shout out to anybody who you were thinking about? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say Sam Darnold uh, also. I mean, I'll give a shout out to, to Jalen Hurts. I think he, um, he played well in Philly, and I think um, – he looked like an NFL starter, like he could be a solid NFL starter. So I think um, he's definitely worthy of, of um, a starting spot in this league. So, yeah, I think he honorable mention of a, of a top 24, top 25 quarterback in the league. I agree with Hertz as well. Hat, to finish it off, anybody you uh, hope that you could have drafted or you were uh, strongly debating about that we haven't touched on? Yeah, I don't really know if there was guys that I was really strongly debating drafting, but some guys that I think could have made it into this draft. I'm going to go in a different direction and say Teddy Bridgewater. And then I'll say uh, Drew Locke, too. Just he, He's been one of the worst starting quarterbacks in football, but he has been a starting quarterback, and he really hasn't had anybody around him. Having Melvin Gordon for his second season and maybe having Jerry Judy for this second season, maybe they do something a little different this year in Denver. Yeah, and they, they do bring in Javante Williams as well, so hopefully they can help that supporting. He can help the supporting cast. Uh, one last guy, then I'll give a shout. I've been drafting young guys all day, so I, Zach Wilson, another guy who I've been extremely high on from that draft class. I know Justin Fields in that draft class too, and Mac Jones, but uh, Zach Wilson, I think, has the potential to really step uh, and be a special NFL player. I'm just a little like concerned about how the Jets can surround him and protect him, just like similarly to uh, they failed to do that with Darnold. So hopefully they can get it right with. Uh, Wilson, but that's going to do it for today's episode hat. It was a pleasure as always. Uh, be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the default underscore and check out our next episode coming probably next week. Uh, we're going to do a full defensive draft. So we'll talk obviously about any of the news that's coming up and then we're going to draft the full defense, 11 guys on that side of the ball, build it any way we want to. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Take care guys. Have a good one.